Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. This is a closer look at people, places, and things right here in our own backyard, right here in our own neighborhood. And today we're talking to Alicia Talbot. She's the executive director of DSAMT, which means what, Alicia? It stands for the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee. Welcome, welcome, welcome back Thank you. to the show. So uh, let's start with what is DSAMT? Let's kind of give a, an overview, and then we'll kind of go more in depth in just sure. a few. Sure. The Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee, it's it's our mission to ensure that individuals with Down syndrome are accepted and included and most importantly valued for the extraordinary gifts that they bring to our life. What is Down syndrome? Down syndrome is simply an extra copy of the 21st chromosome. So you and I have 46 chromosomes, and if you have Down syndrome, you have 47. So that's why one of the slogans is a little something extra. Is that, Did I say that yes, right? Yes, a little something extra. A little something extra, a little extra chromosome. So what does it mean to an individual when a family gets a diagnosis of Down syndrome, that this child has Down syndrome? What does that mean? Well, it means a very different thing than it did 30, 20, even 15 years ago. What did it mean then? Um, then generally when a parent received the diagnosis, it was after birth, and they were greeted with, a physician who said, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. Um, oh. Your child has Down syndrome. And, and here's everything that they probably or never will be able to do. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And 30 years ago, um, doctors would suggest that parents give up their child just mm-hmm. to institutionalize them. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we're away from that now. Were there a lot of children institutionalized back then? Do yes. you know? Yes. Yes. The majority were. I know my brother had cerebral palsy, and I remember a doctor recommended that mm-hmm. for him, for yes. my parents. So now, what does the diagnosis of Down syndrome mean? And you mentioned uh, it was usually after birth. So is it different now? Um, we see more prenatal diagnosis now. There are some um, screening tests that can be done without the amniocentesis. Uh, but an amniocentesis is needed to confirm the actual diagnosis. Okay. And then what does that mean? How, and- how is that presented to the parents? Fortunately, thanks to the work of lots of advocates um, throughout the country, we hope most of the time it's different. Although we know some parents still hear, I'm sorry, and Mm -hmm. here's a list of things you can't do, which is why I'm always going to have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. However, um, we love when parents um, call us and say, my physician told me that my my baby that I'm expecting or that I've just had is going to have Down syndrome. And what does that look like for us? Hopefully that physician has said, you know, it's not the end of the world. You're going to have a beautiful baby, just like any baby you would have. Mm-hmm. He or she will be as unique as any other individual. And there are lots of support options out there for you. Wow. What are some of those support options? Well, we encourage everybody upon diagnosis or even from adoption, if they're looking at adopting a child with Down syndrome, to reach out to the Down Syndrome Association in Middle Tennessee, or if you live somewhere else, wherever is closest to you. The association is really kind of the number one primary resource here in Middle Tennessee for families who have a child with Down syndrome. What are some of the main questions that parents have first thing? Oh, and this might make me cry, but typically parents want to know what this is going to look like five, ten 15 years down the road. Mm -hmm. And I love to be able to say, I I have no idea, Um, which is brilliant because 
children who are born with Down syndrome today have a wealth of resources and support and education that we didn't used to have. So Mm -hmm. we've never had a generation of babies born with Down syndrome who started early intervention, you know, at 18 months and have gone into their 30s and 40s and 50s with technology supports, with the medical supports that are around now. So that's that's typically what parents are afraid of. Mm -hmm. What will this be? More specifically, I get questions like, will they be able to go fishing? Which is what my dad asked me when I told him that my son had Down syndrome. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, and that's a hard one. Fortunately, he can. And other parents will say, will they go to birthday parties? Will they go to school? Will they ride a bike? Will they graduate high school? Will they get a job? Will they get married? Um, and fortunately, today, they can all go to school. Many are included in the general education classrooms with some supports. A lot of our adults work, which is fantastic because they make wonderful employees. Lots of them get married. We have a young woman um, actually here in Nashville who has had a job for 17 years. She works full time, drives her own car to and from her own apartment. And so the possibilities of what someone with Down syndrome can do today Mm -hmm. um, are limitless. Really, they are. The end. Let's just close right there. (laughs) (laughs) That is so fantastic to hear. What type of support do individuals with Down syndrome need to help all of that happen? And how can people get tapped into that if that's what they need? Just contact you. Right. DSAMT, of course. You know, the single best thing that parents can do or relatives, just treat your baby or your child with Down syndrome like you would any other person. And you love them. And you do the very best that you can for them. And you connect with other people who are going through the same thing. Yes. Um, I think that's the real value of the association. And it's why it was created 24 years ago, um, really to connect parents so they can say, I'm having this issue or my child just did this. Mm-hmm. Should I be worried or how can I help them, you know, learn to button their pants easier mm-hmm. or, you know, help them with math? And that parent network is really key to a lot of of what we do and what parents need. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, our public affairs show. And we're talking with Alicia Talbot, the executive director of the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee, DSAMT. Is there treatment? Are there exercises? Are there medicines? Are there special things that are needed for someone with Down syndrome? Generally, yes. So everyone who is born with Down syndrome will have some level of cognitive delay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just part and partial of what that means. Right. Um, and so in Tennessee, we have what's called Tennessee Early Intervention Services. Um, so parents are connected with a developmental therapist who comes into their home and shows them tips and tricks um, to help their child develop. When you have a child with an intellectual disability, you have to help them learn some things. So that early intervention will help you teach them to crawl, where if you had a child without Down syndrome, you might not be thinking about how to teach them to crawl or how to roll over. You just kind of wait for them to do it. Yes. And so everything sort of becomes purposeful play (laughs) when they're very, very little. And we know that about half of the babies that are born with Down syndrome will have um, congenital heart defects. So fortunately today, most of those are fixed with surgery, obviously. Congenital, Um, meaning they're born with it? Yes. Okay. Yes. All of a sudden, the heart issue becomes much more important to parents than the Mm. fact that their child has Down syndrome. Yeah. Because that's scary. That's what's really scary. You know, some of the medical things that could go wrong. Yeah. 
So you've, you've been there, haven't you? My son did not have heart problems. What issues did you deal with with your son? Fortunately, at birth, he didn't have any health issues. Good. Um, and he, at four years old, climbed the fence in my backyard because a lot of folks will say, if you have Down syndrome, you have low muscle tone, which is common. My son probably could be a football player now at age 12. <laughs> he is strong as an ox. But he does have, he has a secondary diagnosis of autism, mm-hmm. which is fairly common in individuals with Down syndrome. He also has type 1 diabetes, which is more common um, in individuals with Down syndrome as well. Huh. Are those things that have been figured out years ago and then you were able to get information about it and just start dealing with it kind of preemptively? Or is that something that you discover as you roll along? Are we we still in the discovery stage, I guess I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, research on Down syndrome Mm -hmm. in the past has been very sparse. Mm -hmm. It has increased in recent years, Mm -hmm. um, which is we are all thrilled about. And fortunately, with Vanderbilt University Medical Center here um, and the Kennedy Center, which is um, affiliated there, the university there are lots of research opportunities that are available. Um, so there's lots of good stuff that's, that's happening to give us more information mm-hmm. about how to best help our kids really reach their potential. Right. How has being in quarantine, because you're in touch with a lot of families, mm-hmm. as the president of the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee, you're in touch with a lot of families who have children with Down syndrome. How has the quarantine affected them and what challenges have they had in trying to keep their kids engaged and and active and continue to keep their kids growing? The quarantine has been very difficult, and I would say uh, more difficult than on the rest of the population. I mean, you know, it's hard for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for those with intellectual disabilities, it is particularly difficult. We know that social interaction is so important to their well-being. Oh. Um, and so not having that can lead to depression in a lot of our kids has led to regression of skills oh um you know our kids have and not by kids i mean any age yeah um they have some issues with working memory so and short-term memory oh and so when you don't see people for a long time it's very difficult and if you're not practicing for a long time it's difficult like practicing social greetings like practicing your job that you did before everything and particularly for our adults, it's hard because a lot of them were furloughed and they're not working. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they are working, it looks very, very different. Right. Um, and we know that a lot of adults um, and children with Down syndrome, their speech is different. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit harder to hear. And when you put a mask on somebody who already has difficulty hearing and maybe already has difficulty understanding right. um, what somebody is saying, it just kind of increases that difficulty of life and difficulty of communication absolutely that's been that way for a lot of us because we can't read lips we can't read expressions as well it all has to be conveyed through the eyes and loudly Mm -hmm. because the masks muffle things so i can't even imagine somebody who might already have difficulty uh, understanding or being understood trying to deal with that and the verbal part is generally more difficult for individuals with down syndrome but they are they really have a way of of understanding social cues and nonverbal cues. Um, that's a real strength. Um, so the mask really impedes that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so some of the things, you didn't ask me this, but some of the things that we have done, um, we created a creative art club. And so we meet through 
online, like a Zoom meeting, and they do a craft together every week, and they get to talk, and they're seeing each other. It's not quite the same, yeah, but they do get to see each other and reconnect with people that they're not able to see. For some parents, it's very hard not to get their kids out and about. This is a story a friend of mine told me, but the mother went and took the groceries to the adult son who was living in one of the friendship houses from our place, Nashville. And she said, this is so you don't have to go to the grocery. And he said, okay, mom, thanks. And she left. And that night, his roommate came home and said, I'm going to the grocery. You want to go? And he said, yeah. <laughs> and off they go to the grocery. And mom, of course, is now really upset. Yeah. And he says, but I didn't buy anything. I didn't I didn't have to buy any groceries. Oh. So, so that was um, an interesting example of where, you know, there's some mis- misunderstanding sometimes. Yes. You have to be very careful about. Okay. What else are families doing to try and meet those challenges do you have other examples because i can't imagine that hurting anybody who has a child with a developmental disability having ideas like this teaching them to wear masks <laughs> and Ooh. and use hand sanitizer and to keep them on um some of our kids of course have sensory issues so the mask is very difficult for them oh um, what do you mean sensory issues um it just means you are particularly sensitive to maybe things of touch or sound oh mm-hmm. And so that mask is just like, oh, too much. Yes. I think a lot of us have felt that. <laughs> yes. I was just telling you before we started the interview, I was like, I just always feel hot with my mask on. It's like, ugh, my face feels hot. But I, I can't even imagine if somebody already is very sensitive to things yeah. like that, possibly. Yeah. Those with Down syndrome are really just like the rest of us, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anything that we're feeling, they're going to feel that, too. And maybe even a little bit more mm-hmm. in some cases. What other services does the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee offer that we might want to let people know about? We support families from the diagnosis all the way through the lifespan. And a big part of that is, like I said, connecting parents um, or what we call community, Mm -hmm. which is very strong, which we love. Um, Education is another huge piece of that. So we um, train parent mentors to connect with new families. We hold um, educational workshops, which we've done virtually lately. Also educate medical professionals on how to deliver the diagnosis so that I'm sorry is not the first thing out of their mouth. Whoa. Yeah. That's is, why you said, fortunately, it's changing. Yes. So the first thing we always tell people, the first thing when someone tells you they have a child with Down syndrome is congratulations. And we always say welcome to the family because we think you're one of the lucky few um, and you kind of won the lottery in a way and um, that you're very fortunate to be part of this club. And so we always want folks to be welcomed Mm -hmm. to the community and we want medical professionals to make sure and celebrate the birth of any child, Mm -hmm. but especially one with Down syndrome. Congratulations. (laughs) You have a beautiful baby boy. Yes. Or girl. Yes. And then what? How does the dialogue go? Um, well, the way that it should go, and we have lots of information both on our website and the Tennessee Department of Health website about how to deliver that diagnosis, but it should um, very much be about what this baby may medically be going through at the moment, um, and then what kind of support options, um, how can you connect to the community um, would be the next part. And then just answering questions. Mm-hmm. Normally, when I meet new parents, I do much less talking and a lot more listening. It's still scary to receive the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, And parents go through kind of a grieving period because this is not the child 
that you are expecting. Yes. Um, a lot of parents after the fact will say, you know, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't want this. But boy, I didn't know how much I needed it in my life or how mm. wonderful my life would be. Wow. Tell me what it's like being the parent of a child <laughs> <laughs> with Down syndrome. And I kind of know where part of this is going. <laughs> yes, you've known lots of my stories over the years. I've followed you on social media. I see lots of photos and lots of stories. And then when she walks in today, first thing I heard. So tell, tell people a little bit of what it's like, because you said it's a wonderful blessing. It is. And I think people need to hear that. So your son is how old now? He is 12 well, now. And initially, when we received the diagnosis, um, I didn't know anyone with Down syndrome. I couldn't have picked someone with Down syndrome out of a lineup. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were scared. And we did not have a a particularly good diagnosis delivery situation Mm -hmm. with our provider. So I went home and I was scared and did a lot of crying, just afraid of what would be or what could be. I Mm -hmm. was afraid he wouldn't make friends. People would make fun of him. Um, and then you you get connected, and all of a sudden your child does something. Mm-hmm. They roll over, they smile at you. The baby does things just like every other child, and all of a sudden, what was a very different birth situation starts to look very normal, mm-hmm. but new normal. It's been difficult a lot of days. Um, you're carrying a lot of weight because you're worried about will this child outlive me, and who will take care of them if they need help. How will we afford any treatments, medical issues that may come about? Mm -hmm. You know, they can still be bullied. How will they handle that? Or if they're a people pleaser, how will we keep them out of trouble? (laughs) Oh, Um, Which is one of those things I have to deal with um, with my son. But there's there are those worries that that weigh heavy on your shoulders every day. Um, But it's the most wonderful thing that has ever happened to our family. Mm-hmm. My marriage is stronger. My children are more tolerant. They're more appreciative. They're very in tune with social injustice. Um, so they stand up for other kids. Um, and those are very common um, reactions that other siblings and families will share. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ron um, makes me laugh multiple times a day. I, I did wake up. I sew. And so I have... Uh, Safety pins. <laughs> and he found them, and I woke up, and all of them were in my shoes this morning. <laughs> it's, you know. Did he say why? No. And this time I didn't ask. I just <laughs> I just put them in a bag. I've just given up on asking. <laughs> that one I didn't ask about. But he loves Halloween. And so we're still, Halloween is a, is a daily thing at my house. He still wears the Halloween masks. <laughs> um, but on Halloween, this is a great example. He went trick-or-treating. We went to about 20 houses. At every house, he said, trick-or-treat. He said, thank you. He said, happy Halloween. <laughs> and then he was dressed as a vampire. So he would say, Arr! you know, and hold up his hands like he's a vampire. And when we got back home... It was time for us to hand out candy, and he put all of his candy in a bowl, Mm -hmm. and he sat on my front porch, and the kids start coming up, and he says, Mom, Friends is coming. Now, he doesn't know all of the kids. Some of them he did. And he reached in his bowl of candy and started putting handfuls of candy into their bags. And I turned to him, and I said, Ron, that's your Halloween candy. If you give it all away, you won't have any. And so I started to move his bowl, and he said, no, 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 no. Friends candy. And he gave away every single piece of candy that he had. Oh, my gosh. And if you come to my house, he will gift you something. What a sweet, generous heart. Yes. It's 
It's amazing. He makes breakfast sometimes for himself and his best friend, Jonathan. So I'll go in and there'll be two plates. And I say, oh, did you make me breakfast? And he says, no, that's Jonathan's. (laughs) (laughs) Is is Jonathan real? I mean, imagine. No, Jonathan is his real best friend. I don't know. Kids sometimes have imaginary no, friends. I'm no. like, is there a Jonathan? <laughs> All of his friends. Yeah. He, and, and his friends are very important to him. So when we say anything at the house about doing something or going somewhere, he'll say, Jonathan come, Hayden come, Elias come, Ethan come. He mentions them and their parents. Oh. Is there anything else that you think is important that people know about the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee? And then we'll move into or about kids or parents who are living that life and getting those blessings that you'd like to share before we move into how to support DSAMT and some of the events that you do. Well, if you're living or know someone or care about someone with Down syndrome, it can be hard and just know that there are places that you can go for help. Yeah. Um, and we can connect you to those. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. You're on Facebook? Yes. So I'm on Facebook. The association is on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, okay. Pinterest. And it's uh, DSAMT is what it's under? Yes. Okay. Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee, DSAMT. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Alicia Talbot, the executive director of DSAMT. And we're talking about now the fundraisers that you do, where the money goes, and then how we can support. So one of our sort of missions of the board is to receive funds, not primarily from our families, but from the community. Um, And we generally host just a couple of fundraisers a year so that uh, folks aren't bombarded. Um, The biggest one is our Nashville Buddy Walk, which is the state's largest Down syndrome awareness event. What does that usually look like? Typically, there's about five to 6,000 people, um, mm-hmm. families and friends or mm-hmm. schools create teams, and they fundraise for the association. And then they come together. We have a live band and a party and food and exhibitors and games. And it's it's more like a carnival yeah. um, kind of atmosphere, yes. um, but it's a lot of fun. And, and everyone with Down syndrome at the end of the very short walk, which is a lot, looks a lot like a parade, oh. um, the, the Mount Juliet police officers um, give them medals. Um, And so parents take pictures of that and then they can look at those year after year after year. And with quarantine, what does a buddy walk look like? What has a buddy walk look like? (laughs) (laughs) It's a car parade where everyone stays in their cars um, and they decorate their vehicles like floats. And um, we still have all the cheerleaders and and Captain America will be there and we'll have some clowns and and there's still a lot of cheering and support and everybody still gets a medal at the end. But they'll be wearing masks Mm -hmm. um, and they can get that through their vehicles. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Have you been affected financially because of the quarantine? Yeah, I think all nonprofits have been hit particularly hard. Um, We've I mean, we've. Definitely had a, a decrease in donations mm-hmm. um, and from sponsors. It's, I mean, the pandemic has hurt everybody. So because we serve 40 counties in Middle Tennessee, a lot of those businesses that typically support us are small businesses. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of them had to be closed <laughs> um, or businesses just down. So, we, you know, yeah. we definitely have a decrease in fundraising. So what can we do to help DSAMT? Well, any donations, <laughs> yeah, we, we would be happy to receive them and put them to very good use um, to support our families. And those can be done at the website, which yes. is somethingextra.org. 
I have an idea, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad idea. I'm going to throw it out at you, and if this doesn't uh, sound good to you, we'll have to delete you this. You only from have the, good ideas. We'll have to delete those from the interview. Uh, after the holidays, mm-hmm. people end up with a lot of gift cards. Like, I still have gift cards in my purse that I've not used from, like, last Christmas. Oh, my. I wonder if that would be something that we might gift DSAMT. If we get gift cards, it's like, well, I never go to that store, or I, I never go to that restaurant, or I'm on a diet all the time. I can't eat there right now. So if we gave you gift cards, would you be able to help families with those, possibly? We are always looking for gift cards. We have a sunshine program where if an individual with Down syndrome or their family is either in the hospital for a medical condition or Mm -hmm. surgery, or if the family is just down on their luck or going through crisis, Mm -hmm. um, we generally take them what's called a sunshine bag. And it actually has a little sun with sunglasses on it. It has a -a one-of-a-kind handmade quilt that the Music City Quilt Guild and the Gall Girls Sewing Club makes for us. has a handmade pillowcase. Um, We try to put gift cards specific to what the family needs. Sometimes that's a a gas card. Sometimes it's just a food card. Mm -hmm. It just really depends on what the family needs are. But we always can use gift cards, and that's a great idea. (laughs) I think we may have to have an after-Christmas gift card drop. That would be fantastic. Oh, that makes me so happy. Okay, anything else that you feel is important to add that I've neglected to ask? If there is something that I would want people to know, maybe that they didn't pick up so far, is that if you have a child with Down syndrome, your life is not over. It's only just begun. Yay. Um, But definitely connect with the Down Syndrome Association so we can provide you with the most accurate, up-to-date information and resources um, that we can help you along through that journey, throughout the lifespan, um, and connect you with great people who will love you and your child and help you celebrate. And we support those families with education, with advocacy, um, with direct support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any help that we can get, mm-hmm. um, we always appreciate that. We're a small staff of four people. Whoa. Um, and we serve 40 counties. So we're, we're a very busy, very passionate group of people. But we can always use help um, in one way or the other. And you can learn about um, the association and what we do at somethingextra.org or on Facebook under DSAMT, on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just... You can just call. (laughs) We're going to put the contact information on our Focus Facebook page as well. Alicia Talbot, the executive director of DSAMT, the Down Syndrome Association of Middle Tennessee. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're a great person. Thank you. You bring such joy into so many people's lives and such compassion. And you give them strength and hope. And I'm just so proud to know you. Yeah, see, she makes me cry now, right? I don't think that's fair. Um, It's really, honestly, when when people give me, when people say thank you for what you do, it's just, it's entirely my pleasure. And and the hardest part about this pandemic is not getting to to hug and kiss our kids. And, you know, we got an elbow bump and that sort of thing. um, And not being around them like they normally are. Because... Once you're around somebody, uh, especially a group of folks who have Down syndrome, your life is is different. And it's better. It's blessed in so many ways that you couldn't have imagined. Um, so we miss that. And I'm looking forward to a very positive 2021. Yes. <laughs> Alicia Talbot. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.